This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, most listened to radio podcast in the known universe. Uh, so it's Chuck Cook and Rocky Rock. Rocky, great to be here. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Had a great How week. Was World? It was awesome. It gets better every time Did you we go. The gardens there. The gardens. <laughs> They have great gardens at Disney World. Oh, the, the, all the landscape. Yeah, it's excellent. We had a great time. Been, it's been a couple of years since we went. We hit all the parks. Uh, I was out of the office for a week. Felt like an hour. You come back to triple-digit emails, and you're like, why did I leave? Why did I do this? So we had a great time. Uh, we had an archive play last week, but it's good to be back and be live. Uh, and uh, just talk about all the topics of the day. It's uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, sorry we missed last week. I got here like a minute late, and... Uh, it was already going. Like moved ahead. David's not with us today. He must have said, I can't handle all this liberal banter coming from uh, left-wing Rocky uh, on the show. <laughs> oh, I, I love it when people label me left-wing. Isn't it's it awesome? so great. It's so great. You have no You have no political system. <laughs> oh, it's total. don't yeah. know how to differentiate. Between pro- true progressives on the left, yeah, and hey, it's everybody just wants I, to I put hate you call it conservatives on the right. I would just say less less progressive. We, you know, because our spectrum of, of of politics in the U.S. is so narrow compared to the rest of the world. It just is. Yeah, and the things that differentiate the supposed poles of left and right, they're really nothing of substance. They're really the same thing. They are. They uh, just ask a question. Ex- exactly. And that, the sad thing is everybody, most people when you start talking to them, they automatically want to pigeonhole you into one of those two categories. And uh, it's because no secret. If you, if, you, if you disagree with them on one of their issues, they you got to be in the other camp. Yep. And you must be a liberal, progressive, and open borders, uh, wacko. Same thing on the, on the other side. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But it's like there is no black and white. Um and I think that, that's actually uh, – I'm reading a really interesting article by uh, uh, an interview with Bo Snerdly. You know who uh, Bo Snerdly is? B-E-A-U-X, Bo? No, B- Bo <laughs> this is the guy who says Rush Limbaugh's call screener. Oh, Snerdly. oh, Snerdly. I know exactly who you're talking about now. Snerdly, yeah, yeah. yeah. An interesting interview. Uh, and uh, he was, it was about – you know, obviously he loves Rush and uh, uh, about how Rush literally changed talk radio. When Rush he started talk radio, there was 110 stations. Now there's 11,000 stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. You cannot say that Rush didn't literally change. Didn't. How, and that changed literally. If you look back to Rush's start in the, uh, it, I would say mid 80s, or changed the political landscape. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And but at the same time, it polarized it much more than it was. Absolutely. But to ignore the fact that it was polarized in the 70s is insane because clearly it was. But it was polarized let's say, on the more left end of the spectrum because Richard Nixon would be kicked out of the GOP today. Oh, yeah. Oh. He put price controls in place. Yeah, well, sense. he put wage and price controls after explicitly promising his campaign, yeah, yeah uh, they didn't work when Diocletian tried him, and I'm not going to try him. I think those are his exact words. And what did he do? Put all the he wage did and price anyway. controls. He, he did anyway. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, what was, uh, what's interesting is I mean, we talked about this idea – of polls, yep, and, and how you ask questions. Well, uh, our friends at Breitbart, uh, let's let's say a direct spinoff from the Limbaugh side, always Gaia, reliable at Breitbart. Uh, they they did a poll uh, through Gallup. Now Gallup is uh, interesting. A very has become very distrusted in political circles in the last several years. Their presidential polls have been, were wildly inaccurate in '08, wildly inaccurate in 2012, and they really kind of been attacked for being. 
just not as good as they used to be. Well, yeah, and I th- that's probably because they were the gold standard yeah, for a while, and I think they just sat back on their laurels and I didn't did, update the way they uh, did polls. Yep. really undercut them. Yep. But a Gallup poll says immigration is a top is an immigration is a top issue for Republicans. Thinking what? Well, this this was showing <laughs> it was non-existent six months ago. If you write something every single night, you can rate. If we went on and said, you know what, I'm really upset that we drink from actual glass. We should only drink from plastic right. from now on. And you did that every night for six months. It will be Glass and plastic will be the number one issue in a presidential campaign. <laughs> Absolutely. It would. Absolutely. Uh, and this goes to show you how the idea of immigration, which rolls from 4% to 15% among adults, is a top problem among the GOP. Four to fifty now. 15%. Is this GOP people who I self-identify as yeah, GOP or, or lawmakers? Oh, okay, okay, all right, okay. Um, uh, so, in the past three months, twenty percent of national adults who self-identify as Republicans named immigration a top issue. How this many? Fifteen percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent of yeah. GOPers identify immigration top. This is the twenty percent. Is all. This is. It's this a, is, yeah. That is the max. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. New. Is this is new max. news. But you know what? <laughs> They're the guys on Fox News. Uh, they're the guys that write articles for newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the guys that, that go on Limbaugh. There's the guys that hear Hannity speak. But it's like that. It's the same twenty yeah. percent. No, there aren't more people. Democrats. It's, it's the it's the enforcement only crowd. It is. It is. That, that, I mean, not that's, even, oh, Obama's that's, not doing it's, enough. It's, it's the right. minority yeah. voice in the GOP. The, the question is, we don't know what about it. What was the question? Is illegal immigration? This is what going to dig down. Yeah. What about what about immigration makes it a top priority? Yeah. Uh, So here's what they did: most important problems, all Americans compared to Hispanics. This is what this Uh, poll was. Uh, uh, July versus uh, uh, July September versus January to June. So the economy was at 49 percent among adults in January. Let's say June 2014. All adults. And 47 percent among Hispanics. So basically the same. the economy nationally is 40 and 40 now in September. So for basically everybody, they're a little less concerned about the economy. Right. And yet that's all you hear. Oh, that's, we're not a job. Well, if there's no jobs being created, then why are we less concerned about the economy? Yeah. Again, because we're talking about less because in actuality, the economy is doing much better. You have a stock market that is literally exploding with growth. We just decided to make some guy in China a trillionaire. Um, <laughs> the Alibaba guy the Alibaba is dude, to come I mean, bank. I mean, how many? Here's what I'm thinking. You know how many EB5s are there now? All those employees that are now millionaires at Alibaba, and they're all they're stay? <laughs> absolutely not. But you know what, though, because the EB5 system is so backlogged and so many problems with it, they'll end up taking all their capital and go into places that are way more friendly to yep. to the money, like Dubai or some other place now, that get this immigration. Is it issues among Hispanics versus national adults. Immigration was at 4% among national adults in June and 13% among Hispanics. Interestingly. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was the number two issue among Hispanics. Okay. Today it's at 15% among national adults and at 25% among Hispanics. Again, the number two issue. But way, way, way more important to Hispanics today. Yeah. Why? Because the complete and other failure of whom? Republicans and Democrats to make some politicians. Happen. Now, here's my favorite thing: right dissatisfaction with the government. The, to me, <laughs> this should be the number one issue. That shouldn't be the number one because that encompasses because everything. Because what we're, we're going to do is we're going to reelect the same clowns right. that have a nine percent approval rating. 
That's pretty much really? what's going to happen. Same people that yeah. have a nine percent approval rating. We're gonna have we're gonna have what I like we're gonna have what I like to call uh, in 2016. No, no, no. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Bush Five, what I like to call, because we have Bush One and Two. Yeah. We've had Bush Three and Four essentially now Obama, with Obama. Yeah. We're gonna have Bush Five, and, uh, or or Obama Three, whatever you want to call well, it. You know, a, they're all the same. Bush one, personally, at this point, like Bu- was, Bush One, Bush One, Forty One, or Forty One. Uh, you know 41. what? This is, I will say this. I've said it on the show before. Every president will at some point make you nostalgic for their predecessor. <laughs> that no matter it, – it doesn't matter who it is. They will make you nostalgic for their predecessor. Uh, so, yeah, I'd I, I go back to Bush 41. Well, you know, the thing is the only reason Bill Clinton was ever president was because of Ross Perot. <laughs> that's that's – you know, really. that, He it, siphoned it, off about 20 percent of the Republican. a Clinton president. Nope. We wouldn't be talking right. about Hillary Clinton, who's David's – David's choice. David's choice. To David's backing. Uh, we'd be talking about she would be a non-entity, <laughs> no, exactly. but for Ross Perot. Thank you, Ross Perot. We need we, we need get, get a yes. we need a little graph and talk about trickle down economics didn't trickle. trickle. That's the problem with trickle down economics. It, it didn't trickle. There's no trickling. There's no trickling going on. The best. Uh, where's the beef? Um, so the poll goes from disaster government is basically the same between uh, everybody between the two years to to two polls. How can you be the same dissatisfied with the government? That's my biggest gripe. Yeah. It's, it's my always gripe. my biggest gripe. Poverty. Nobody cares about poverty. <laughs> Health care. Yeah, nobody cares about poverty in this country. Okay, the Obamacare, that was going to be the center focus of the election. Have you heard about it recently? No. You know what? You hear Purdue here in Georgia. All he talks about is immigration. How is that an issue here? Yeah. I mean, this, this goes to show you it gets the rabid base out. Yep. But it also means the Democrats aren't motivated to do anything. Whereas if Obamacare became an issue, a lot more Dems would come out. It's this is the thing. It's 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 from the Karl Rove playbook of politics. Okay. Karl Rove established in '04 uh, that it doesn't matter what the issues are if you can tailor one of the issues to motivate your base, you will win the election. Yeah. And that's it because there's more people that will be motivated by the anti-immigrant crowd to get out and vote against something than those who will go and oppose these nut jobs out there saying oh, deport everybody, yeah. put them in prison, they're lawbreakers. Yeah. I mean that, that I've never it, broken it's all. the bottom line. I mean Karl Rove used uh, uh, same-sex marriage in yeah. 2004 and Bush rode that sucker right into the yeah, White House yeah. and uh, uh, and but the thing is, they, it, it works. They have no it national works. platform. They were going to do Obamacare. Yeah, but, but you know, oddly enough, Obamacare <laughs> seems to be working for those. Uh, people. I'm not going to say it's. I'm not going to say it's working. More people that have insurance that didn't have insurance before. Well, no, 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 no. It's it's definitely doing what it was supposed to do. I don't think that the economic consequences have been or are being felt yet. yet. Right. So that's why it's not an issue. Yeah, but it's it's working out exactly the way it was supposed to. Right. People have insurance. That that to me was the primary focus. It was supposed to be paid for by the savings. Which I mean, we don't have numbers on that yet. Right. I don't want to get to that later. Yes. But really, the number the number three issue for national adults after the economy and dissatisfaction with the government is immigration. It's the number two issue among Hispanics. And what about it? That we're not doing anything? That our borders aren't secure enough? That uh, our system's completely broken? What about it? Or are you just dissatisfied with the whole thing, like me? Well, what's funny is how Breitbart makes this poll. Immigration, top issue for public. Well, top issue. The, they didn't use the word the. They used the more generic, top. just top. Just top. Top right. issue, which, which it is. It's, it's in the top. top three. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, but there's only... Out of three. There's only seven topics. Seven topics, okay. Uh, it's top half. Yeah, and, and top it didn't half. say what part of immigration. Right. 
you know, a lot of these polls that come out, uh, they actually ask questions like, if Obama wanted to give amnesty to everybody, do you, do you support that? No! Okay, if Obama wanted to come out and make, make people pay a fine and come forward and be fingerprinted and ID'd and put into a government database and then be given a temporary work permit for a couple of years, anticipation of Congress maybe finally fixing the system, would you support that? Yes. Oh, yeah, how is that different from, from amnesty? I support that. How is that different that. from amnesty? So it's yeah, really exactly. It's all in how you ask, ask the question. question. Yep. It's all how you ask the question. Yep. Uh, David, I hope you've had a good week this week. Uh, did you see my garden, by the way? The garden pictures from yesterday. You didn't see them. Uh, it was Gord Sunday. Gord Sunday. It was Gord Sunday. Now, you've seen the Gord. Yeah. Chuck has a gourd in his the backseat of his car that is literally a baseball bat with like a mallet on the end of its size gourd thing. And it's hard. I mean, you can do some damage with that. And it's like a baseball bat with like a knob on the end. I mean, you can really crush something try that and see what we can do with that. Fill it full of lead or something. Uh, but it's, uh, it's fascinating to me that we have um, uh, uh, these immigration issues have really just... Um, fluctuated so rapidly in the last couple of years. Gallup's trending poll, which is fascinating, uh, which a year ago said we should uh, either keep uh, that we should the trending level we should increase immigration, went down all of a sudden when the kids came across the border. Yep. So I mean, if you look at the polls, they went up from somewhere around let's say eighteen percent in '09. In twenty thirteen, we were above twenty two percent. Went up close to twenty nine percent to increase legal immigration, yep. and went down to twenty two literally overnight. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just because of the negative attention, yeah. the negative coverage. And think about this: the yep. negative coverage on that was all these kids unaccompanied. Now, first of all, there wasn't that many that were unaccompanied and alone. Right. The vast majority either came with mom for the most part, who were detaining, by the way, in yes. prisons. We're detaining families in detaining in prisons, <laughs> or we. Um, uh, or we released them to their their parents were here, which is a big majority of them. Yeah, huge majority. So they really weren't quote, on a company. Yeah, they're not. In that they came the eight year old surging across the border by themselves to no one. That's definitely the, the exception. exception. Definitely uh, the exception. We talk about this when we come back uh, after our first break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com. 
the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back uh, to the next segment here on the uh, most listened to podcast in the known universe. On immigration. On immigration. immigration. Podcast in the universe. Uh, Absolutely. We, want, we yep. thank you all our listeners for listening. If you ever want to comment, of course, uh, you can send Rocky an email. Um, rrockliffe at immigration.net. Or you can send me an email at chuck at immigration.net or go to our website or go on Facebook where we have lots of more fun. Um, uh, my page is, is uh, Charles Cook and Rocky. He, 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 Rocky Rockliffe. Rocky Rockliffe. Rocky the man. Rockliffe. Uh, by the way, he's not named Rocky Rockliffe. No, no, no. Uh, for those of you know, that know me, my, my real name is actually Fred. Uh, Junior. Junior. Yeah. Uh, I have my father's name. My parents have called me Rocky ever since I was born. has nothing to do legally with my name. Uh, I had to get special permission from the bar to uh, put Rocky on my business cards and <laughs> use Rocky. If you go to the bar, Georgia Bar's website, you can't find Fred Rockliffe. You can only find Rocky, Rocky Rockliffe. Rockliffe. Because part of it is, for me, my convenience, because if somebody says Fred, I'm like, where's my dad in here? What's going on? You, know, exactly. you say Fred, like, I'm like, oh, what? I have yeah. my dad so, in here. Yeah. To, to all those people out there wanting to give your – if you're going to name your kid, call your kid something different. Just give him that name legally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's such a hassle. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, so the border. So we, we get upset, and that's what triggered this. this, this yeah, the, this uptick. It really was it, a perfect it, time for the election. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect excuse for Obama. But really, it didn't. It, and, it, and it flip-flopped the decrease-increase num- decrease present level numbers dramatically. Yep. Uh, whereas they were at, at, at present level 41 uh, decrease was at like 33, 34. It went to 41 decrease and 33 present level. So yeah, you, that you, one little thing, this one little blip of kids. Yeah, you basically had a rising tide of people saying, hey, this is an issue. We need to do something and about it. And immigration's good for America. And immigration's good. You, it re, kind of a positive dialogue. It, I, I know we were both really bullish on reform yeah. prior to the summer, oh, yeah. and then you had this issue that the negative coverage just made people get like, oh, no, we, well, we got to do something. Well, it reached its height, of course, during the recession. If, if you, oddly enough, if you look back at the, at the view on, on immigration, you will always see spikes during recessions. Right. Uh, spikes so in the negative, negative view. view. Right. Uh, as high as 65% of decreased immigration in 1993. This was the height of the anti-immigration fervor that gave us IRA-IRA. Right. The it law now plummeted. that is completely broken. Completely broken. That's the right. one that caused the current problems. Right. And then it plummeted to really present levels back in 2001, hit the recession, went up, gradually spiked down, down, kind of up and down, up and down, but up and down, spiked again in, in 08, 09, and then kind of well, we went back down in 20, 2012 because it follows the economy. You, Absolutely. You economic graph. People's, uh, people's uh, xenophobia when their, po- their wallet is hurting, yeah. uh, they go straight to who's different. Uh, kind of like the Germans did with the Jews, just not to that extent. We're just, af- we're just afraid. <laughs> so we get all out of bed out of shape because 3,000 kids. Few thousand, it wasn't just kids, it was people. It was people, a few okay. thousand, a few thousand, tens a day. of, less than 100,000 over the, the time Border Patrol, span. which is 20,000 employees, was overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Because, well, it's not because they didn't have enough bodies or enough space. They didn't have a system in place. Right. Their system was designed for a lesser number of people coming every day, and they right. couldn't upgrade their system fast enough to account for this. So, it, and of course, like everything else, if all of a sudden there were riots in the street of Atlanta, and they had to arrest 10,000 people one day. Where are you going to hold them? Uh, just an impossibility. You, you can't do you, it. Well, you could boom them into the dome. Yeah, you could. And then we'd have New all Orleans kinds of... tried that. Yeah, tried, tried that in 2005. How'd that work out? <laughs> yeah, so... I think Ray's, Ray just got indicted. Like, come on, Ray Nate, yeah, and he, he got indicted. Chocolate City Mayor got exactly. indicted. Like, come on. <laughs> so you've got... Now you've got... Uh, today, was it yesterday? How many refugees no, yesterday, to Turkey? 
200,000 in a day. And this wasn't along the entire border of Turkey. This yeah, this is a concentrated, concentrated area. 200,000. And what does Turkey do? They're set up for it. Hey, here's some refugee cards. This is your status in Turkey. Let's get your medical get checked out. out. Get some tents rolled in. But And this is the thing. What do you think we would have done to – or what kind of pressure, diplomatic and any other kind of pressure we could bring to bear, what would we have done to Turkey if they would have even tried to turn – they started shooting people. Or, or turn them away. Well, just shooting them. Yeah, people shoot them. in our country. Let's yeah. just shoot them. Let's kill them. Which, all which they do have every right to do, defend your border from an onslaught of people. I'm not saying I, they should. I'm just saying they would have had every right under international law to do that. Except but, international law says since they, they were refugees, refugees they you got to bring them in. to do it. So, but what would we have done if Turkey would have, if Turkey would have started detaining tens of thousands of people had, if they had the capacity to do it? Families. What would we have done? We'd have brought all well, kind of pressure children, to bear no, and no said, men, yeah, we, we'd have brought all kind of pressure to bear and said how bad they were and all this other stuff. And meanwhile, we can't even take in 60,000 people in a country in a year. four or five times the size of Turkey yeah. in a year? year. Get out of here with that crap, people. We are not better than the rest of the world. It was a refugee crisis over the summer. We just don't want Wait, refugee no, camps no, in way, the U.S. Another surge is coming. That, that, that was, I that. love reading the Daily Stop. Call. Do you ever read the Daily Caller? Uh, this is Tucker Carlson's our brainchild. To Tucker, with the Daily Beast. I, you know what? And, uh, I, I like Tucker. I used to watch Tucker when he was on Crossfire. Yes, fifteen years ago. When he was like when twelve. It, Bill Press and Tucker Carlson. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. Uh, I DVR'd that when I was in college, and I would watch it during lunch. I was a nerd. Yeah. Uh, so the Daily Caller, they what they love doing is uh, scaring the crap out of out of their readers. Now the good news is they they don't really don't have any, very many readers, but uh, I, I tune into it because I, I want to see uh, you know I kind of view that as the uh, the the pillar of craziness. Um, that that is okay, kind of like a kind of like there's, a there's, uh, there's there's drudge there's temperature color, there's kind of gauge the temperature of the room. who can out crazy each other <laughs> out crazy um, each other. Uh, as far as far as far as you know, the immigration and, and really every other stuff on, that's on out any there. issue, really. Yeah. Uh, now I will tell you, uh, the, my favorite article in Daily Caller was yesterday uh, when they uh, have a, a, pol- a, a reporter who apparently is poorer than dirt who refuses to pay his taxes until Luis Lerner's emails are released. Luis oh, And that pressure has got to be unbelievable on the IRS. I mean pressure. I mean now, if David refused to pay his taxes until Luis Lerner's, they, they, they would cave. would shut off. They would cave because I mean there we couldn't bomb Syria. The we exactly. couldn't bomb Syria at that point. As long as Dave's tax program. revenues continue to flow, we're in good shape. There, Davis is shaking his head. <laughs> um, but it was a hilarious article, um, and uh, I, um, uh, you know, I, I just kind of think, where are we if that's the kind of rhetoric that juices people to vote? I mean, we, we. Where are we? Where we've been for a long time, and we talk about it all the time. I, I, I'm actually just getting tired the of the issue people. of politics. Yeah, uh, somebody That's why approached I don't vote. me. Somebody approached me over the weekend at an event. And says, "When are you running for Congress?" And I said, "You know, <laughs> you know, I don't think David should run for Congress." What do you think? No, 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 no. The, 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 I would hate to see. You're a you're a very nice ethical. Individual, I would hate to see you run and win because it seems that anybody, no matter how good the morals, once you get to D.C., it all changes. There's only one person that I know of in the last, in 
in recent history who's been able to go and not just he wasn't effective he never caved but well, he was able to keep his district and that's right and that and that's Ron Paul but yeah. everybody else you either go and then because you keep your your moral setting your moral compass straight you're either drummed out because they just put so much money against you in your district to get you out, or you just, or what happens is it's a slippery slope. Well, I got a cave on this issue because you know it's really not that big a deal to me because I want the help of this guy or you know this so caucus this for down this. the road, and that's all it ends up becoming is just a bunch of horse trading over our money and their pet projects. Well, you know the problem is you can't even vote on what you want to vote on. No, you can't. That's the problem. Right. The Congress of the seventies and eighties. Where there were votes every day. I mean, right? There, I mean, they were voting on everything individually. There are no votes anymore. No, the party's so there control. You, and to get anything to the fore, one of the major parties has to back it. It's not like you can be an independent congressman. Uh, and I would like even, to vote on my bill. Right? Yeah, you could be a member of the Republican Party, but if it doesn't have the support of the the Republican, you know, majority, it's it's not coming to a vote. So there's you can't even introduce legislation that's not already statist in nature proposed by one of the two parties and listen the only way i differentiate all these idiots is they all want to take my money they just differ in who they want to give it to i mean that's really at the end of the day that covers all their differences they they both are going to take my money whether you want to take it via taxes and give it to your pet people or you want to take it by decreasing the purchasing power of my dollar by running up huge debts and then giving it to your pet people that's all that's the only difference they're taking my money so, and giving it to different people. You know, going going back to the immigration, I was uh, I, I was actually on a radio station, on a radio station yesterday uh, in Spanish. El patrón. Escúchanos los lunes a viernes. El patrón en la mañana. <laughs> it's like it's like the boss in the mon- in the morning. You no know, yeah. patrón. Uh, and uh, they asked me, so what's going on with immigration? And the answer was nothing. 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 Uh, what's going on with President Obama? And I and my answer was Obama Rama. The Obama-Rama machine is on. I'm going to take a guess. Because Joe Biden was out yesterday. Joe Biden was out yesterday. Now, I really want Joe to be president. I just want to see those teeth all the time. That is just great I mean, that is literally I want teeth like that. That that guy. Roger Goodell's hair. Joe Biden's teeth. I mean, I really – I would buy anything Joe Biden was selling. Oh, absolutely. The guy the guy is like the greatest salesman in the world. Go to my door. Yeah. Come on in. Now, did you see Jon Stewart go after him on no, his use of the word great. Shylock in a speech? <laughs> oh, sure. Bring out a 16th century insult oh. to Jews. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that. It's as like, like I'm, I'm it's Stewart. I love Jon Stewart. Um, but he was a speaking at the Hispanic Leadership Conference in Salt Lake City this week. Okay. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was there getting an award for being... Shout out to Nancy. Uh, woo! <laughs> um, now, when she could be speaker again, that would be awesome. Don't you think? Oh, man. That, those were the, good, back old the good old days. Those yeah. were the good, the good old, old days. days. Yeah. <laughs> those were the good old days. You know what? You know what? Uh, I want her to come back. You know why? Because I want to see... What David can do with memes with her. We know what David can do with Hillary Clinton finding the most unflattering pictures. I want to see. There's David's, a lot of unflattering. I want to see David's game come. What I want to see David's Nancy Pelosi meme. You game. know, I haven't gotten. A lot I bet of, it is strong. And I think Facebook kind of screwed me over because I haven't gotten really David's posts recently. You have been posting, right, Dan, on Facebook? No? Oh. Okay. I was going to say, I haven't gotten very much. I was like, we're, yeah, it's, we, we haven't had the uh, I mean, I haven't gotten very much. The unflattering images. Well, no, the of, thing um, is, the mainstream of, media is attacking her now. So, uh, David's work is done. So, uh, Biden came out and said, 
President Obama really still wants Congress to act in a lame duck session, which of course they're not going to do. No, no, no. But no. if he doesn't, man, oh man, is he going to really make the changes? It's going to be are big. We, are we gonna, big? Are we, big. Are we, we going to see the steel in his spine that Biden promised Blue steel. Us in, Blue uh, steel. In, uh, He's going to give in, us a look during the election. Do you, do you remember that? It was in uh, two. I think it was like October 2012, or maybe right after the election, or. 2008, when Biden said, "You know what? A lot of people think he's untested, but there's going to be an event the first few months of his presidency, and people are going to see he has a spine of steel. steel. Like, is, is that what we're going to see? Yeah, spine it's, of steel. It, I mean, it's not the first few months. I mean, yeah. the last few months. Yeah, yeah. Who's counting? Seven years yeah, later. Actually, the only thing but, of steel he's got <laughs> is a shaft in his yeah, golf club. Exactly, David. Well, we we finally saw the red line in the sand. I think that was with the Tomahawk missiles. Yeah, uh, cruising last night last into Syria. Night. So, uh, so now the red line, which which of course does what for Syria? <clears throat> it makes their job easier by having us get rid of ISIS for them. Right. So we're fighting one of their wars for them because they were fighting ISIS. Spending the money enemy we don't of have. my enemy yeah. is my friend. Spending money we don't uh, have. And no, we have listen, the money. It's it, Chinese gave it to us. <laughs> loaned. It's not on loan. It's two percent. Two percent times forty-seven tomahawks. Uh, is there only a million and a half? I thought they're like three million a piece. No, no, they're, they're two. Million and are a they half, a million and a half? But the problem is, we only have a hundred in, in supply. Theater? What? And they shot out forty-seven and. Mr. Obama has not ordered anymore. We don't have any in order, on order. Okay, here, hold on, just a sec here. I would love to blame Obama for that, but that is is not, that is so beyond. Between Congress and and, uh, the. the, Wait a second, you're telling me that the Pentagon's budget. Does not account for buying more tomahawk missiles every year. No, but this the the reason they the the, the reason they went away from tomahawks is because their their stand up technology is the the, the, the J something called a J dam joint direct attack munition is basically it's one of the best things ever invented because it basically takes a smart tail cone and puts it on a dumb bomb and those are GPS guided. They're much more accurate than tomahawks because you can launch them from aircraft directly over the target. But this is not a show about military technology. But that decision whether we have the tomahawks and stuff, that is so far removed from anything at the presidential level. The Secretary of Defense, Mabus, that is a great name for a second, Mabus, he says they have 4,000 tomahawks in stock. Well, they may, but they just may not have them in theater. Oh, that maybe that's what it is. And 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 the vast majority of tomahawks are launched by uh, by submarines and boats. Yeah, I mean they're not yeah. even. I mean you can air launch them, but the vast majority are launched by submarines and boats, and they just don't have that many on those those platforms. So I mean they got to get them there. But yeah, Britain's got them anyway. Britain's coming on yeah. board anyway. Britain's going to throw some tomahawks out there as well. Yeah, they're probably in stock in Kuwait. Yeah, they got a new one called the XGM 109B Ship Killer Tomahawk. I mean, who who's who, who makes it? Raytheon. I think uh, Raytheon makes it. Because they're printing money with these Raytheon. things. You know, they come with warranties. <laughs> Tomahawks have warranties. You know that? I didn't no, have a warranty. I didn't know. They have a fifteen-year warranty. So if you, if you're hitting on your Tomahawk sixteen years and you shoot it off, you oh crap. Oh well, out of warning. Throw it over the side. Oh yeah, yeah. In, the, in the military, munitions have they do have a duty. And when it's the greatest thing ever when your when stockpile is about to expire because you just hey range time. Just just, Grenade, shoot uh, just blast. I mean, just you got to shoot it up. Gun tether go bad. Well, I mean, it just it, it doesn't go bad. I mean, you can still shoot. It's like antibiotics. I mean, they just their casings could get loose. I mean, overheating depending on how it's stored and everything. But bottom line is this: is they say, hey, we got to get rid of it or throw it away. Like, shoot it. <laughs> shoot, shoot it out the door. Shoot it off. It's great. You know, 
So, you know, we, we started talking a segment about the immig- about this crisis on the border. Back, back to the immigration well, Somebody said uh, on one of these national uh, super conservative websites, the next wave yeah, the next of wave, kids yeah, yeah. is coming. Uh, and Obama's going to act. Which would be unusual. Now, I will tell you, I had a mother in my office yesterday, young woman. Uh, oh, I guess before we get into that, we'll take a break Let's here. Let's take a quick break, come back come and talk right about back. the next wave. That's right. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national... Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the next segment of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Talk about uh, the next wave of immigration. Wait, wait, so from a woman the came to triangle. see me yesterday, very nice woman, young, probably I'd say about 35, 33, 34, 35. Uh, she had her youngest child with her. She was from a little tiny town in South Georgia. She's Guatemalan. Uh, Honduran. Honduran. And she says, How do I get my two kids up here? Well, how old are your kids? 15 and 13. Well, I'm really sorry. I mean, you're undocumented. I, you've been here since 2010. She hasn't been here very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, she managed to have two kids while she was here, some, some other guy. I said, why did I, you come up here? How did she have two, two, kid, up two here, additional kids? Two, up here. Uh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Domestic violence. Uh, her ex-husband uh, raped her and beat the crap out of her. Good dude. For, for 10 years. For 10 years. Um, and I said, well, you know, really all we can probably do is file for asylum for you, although that's, you know, there is a recent case, and the chance of winning yeah. is pretty small, but... That's really all we got. I said, can you write for me, you know, your story? He says, I can't write. Can't write? I don't know how to read or write. I don't know. So I spent about an hour with her yesterday going over her story. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, and she was detailed. It was yeah. terrible. Terrible situation. Um, and uh, she was first raped when she was 10. 10 years old. Uh, by her best friend's father. Um and it was just a, it was just terrible. And I, you know, you sit here and listen to her kid. Well, what, well who's, who are your kids live? Well, they were living with my mother, but my father just died, and uh, who also beat the crap out of my mother for my whole life. And my mom doesn't want the kids around anymore. The two boys down there, one's fifteen and one's thirteen. Mm-hmm. I said, don't, I said, you know, don't let them come up here. Don't find some other way. Just don't let them come up. But I mean, what do you tell a mother like that? You know, you you, you walk away because you're getting you're getting raped and beaten down there. So you literally flee for your life. You don't have the money to bring your younger kids. And then at the time, she had a solution. Her mom would take care of the kids. Right. Uh, but things change. I mean, a lot, in the last couple of years, it's become unbearable. The kids are being trying to be recruited into gangs. Mm-hmm. Um, she's afraid they'll get raped. Uh, uh, the boys and uh, just a, I mean, it's a terrible situation. Uh, 
I think, frankly, the U.S. should step forward and say, we're, we're going to work with the government of Honduras. Here's our plan. This is another example of the lack of leadership uh, out of Obama's administration. Now, I will tell you, did you read the, my post on the DHS yesterday? The morale at DHS oh. is lower than... <laughs> which is hilarious because I've been posting that same article every year since 2005. The morale? Yeah, because yeah. every year it's a government survey. I, yeah. I subscribe to a weekly uh, newsletter called uh, Government Executive Weekly. It's a free newsletter. It's literally about the executives in the government, right? And every year they have a survey. And DHS has been the bottom agency every year. ICE has been the bottom of that agency every year since it's been formed. Right. Every single year. So they have, they're losing all their senior leadership. Well, well, I don't think most of the guys on the line care about senior leadership. No. They're using the, the strong young guys to, to where? Private security companies. Yep. Who the government is. So really this whole move to privatize what are essentially, I believe, government functions is destroying our ability to lead. Now, Obama himself is a terrible leader. We all recognize that. He hasn't stepped forward. Jay Johnson... I mean, I, I think he's probably just putting putting his finger in the holes in the dike. Yeah. Uh, but really, DHS and DOJ should come forward and say, here's our plan to work with Honduras, El Salvador, and uh, Guatemala to keep their kids in school, to fight the gangs. We're going to work with the DOD. We signed a treaty for that we can, we can set up a base down there to train their security forces. Heck, if we could train security forces in Iraq uh, or Syria in Saudi Arabia... Why can't we spend $10 million and, and, and really protect our southern, our real border, the real threat that's out there, and help these countries get better? Totally agree with your assessment of the situation. I'm going to disagree on, on that course of action. I think, the, I think the solution is just say, hey, here's the deal. <clears throat> if you're from one of these countries and you want to come here, come on up. You're a refugee. That's fine. And just let the problem sort itself out down there. You know, we tried to insert ourselves in those countries' internal politics in the you know the eighties well, didn't work 80s. out so well, but we it did, did work we out, did, so well. but we didn't do it above board. Well, we didn't do it well, above board, but I, but look. it's it, part of it is just part of it is just uh, I think part of it's just cultural, like just I mean, yeah. But people said the same thing about Colombia ten years ago, and look what we did in Colombia with a strong president. With a treaty, I mean, they were basically rewarded with a, with a free trade agreement. I, I, I think that part part the, of part the, of the part of the reason for Colombia is because the that used to be the most dangerous area in the war on drugs. That's since been supplanted by, by Mexico. northern Mexico. Right. So I think or that's Central America, right? I and think that we chase the problem up there. Yeah, we chase the problem up there. But, yeah, so we should just keep chasing. Ch- ch- oh, you chase it into the U.S., which I'm fine with. Hey, listen, uh, if I and that's what if I was Mexico or these Central American countries, I would just say, hey, here's the deal. Drugs are legal here. DEA, out. See you later. U.S. enforcement agencies, get out of here. Now, our response to that would be, hey, guess what, Mexico, Northern Triangle countries, you no longer have access to the international banking system. Yeah. Which, you know what, that would be the best thing those, for, for those countries. They could say, hey, guess what? Get out of here, dollar. We're going to start our own thing. Your dollar is worthless anyways. But, I mean, that that's what they that's what those countries should work, watch out for their own self-interest and just say, hey, here's the deal. Drugs are legal on this side of the border. Violence goes away overnight. Shift it all into the U.S. That's what I would do if I was those countries. But yeah, they're not going to do that. I, I would do it differently. I, oh, yes. We I, would, I believe we in do our ability. I believe in our ability. I, do, I mean, in many ways, I'm kind of like Bush. I do believe that we can set the example for democracy and, and peace around the world. I don't think we need to use guns to do that. But uh, you know, the, bigger, the, the bigger problem for a lot of these countries is resources, financial resources, uh, because they haven't developed a sophisticated enough economy. Many of them are literally still living in a in 19th century economy in many ways. 
Uh, and they, they're trying to combat a 21st century problem. With but that's because economy. so much of their economy is tied up in things that are not legal. And if right. they just made those things legal, then well, but, but they'd be good to go. But you could help them make their those things legal in their in their society. The things that are legal, things that are just their their especially their their agriculture. Bring that into the 21st century. What's not agricultural about growing opium and cocoa plants? Opium does not grow in Central America. It grows in northern Mexico. Oh, yeah. Well, not in Central America. America. Coca leaves. Marijuana grows everywhere. Okay. I mean, what's not agricultural about that? That's a cash crop. Did you see the woman in Kansas, by the way? Had this beautiful new plant. She put some birdseed out in her front in her yard where she grows flowers. Nice furry uh, little bud out there. Beautiful, big, tall, like six-foot plant with big, giant leaves. And What is that thing? Um... It, just, it was just gorgeous. It was a big, giant marijuana plant. It's all, <laughs> it's in the bird seed. Yeah. Listen, mar- marijuana... <laughs> or so she says. Yeah, marijuana She's is illegal. Looks great. Let's deport her. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get her out of the country. Put that woman in jail for growing marijuana. Ten years in prison. Yeah. Tough on crime. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about today was my uh, favorite uh, anti-immigration loser, Chris Kobach. Oh, my uh, God. This guy. Oh, yeah. This, this guy. guy. This guy. Now, he makes Joe Biden look like an amateur sales guy. Chris Kobach. No, come on. No, he knows. Chris Kobach has sold the anti-immigration legislative litigation agenda for now more than a decade. Yeah. He has made a lot of personal money bringing, writing legislation, bringing the lawsuits, and losing every single time. Every time. <laughs> and people are still buying his product. Still paying for that service. Uh, he even got the losers in Kansas that voted for him to elect him Secretary of State um, to... Um, I just want to ask make, this guy, dude, do you hate brown people? You know, I actually motivated him. You know that? I debated him. Really? When I was able oh, president, awesome. I was invited to the Kansas State Bar Association. Okay. And he and I were in a debate. Did he come uh, with the that. thunder? At the time, it was, this was 2007, so he was a relative unknown. He wasn't right. working anything yet. He was an assistant professor at Kansas State. Coming from academia. Yeah. They always yeah, do. professor at Kansas State. Uh, and he couldn't legitimately respond to, 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 to real criticism about his positions and no. and why they aren't the same thing as the know-nothings from the, from the 1860s. Yeah. Dude, it boils down to this. You don't like people different from you. And so you're going to hide behind all this legal jo- – you're going to hide behind this case of it's the economy and protecting American workers and protecting Americans and enforcing laws and, and you're going cat- to – Paint these people as lawbreakers. I mean, that's what is what what his agenda boils down to. Here's what somebody said: the, This is the former Republican Senate President of Kansas. Republican Senate President has got to be a high end guy. Quote: He's left a trail of destruction across the country from his endeavors. Quote: <laughs> And quote: He's pushed po- pushed some very strict voting laws and insisted we have a voting for problem, which is not true. I mean, this, this is this is a Republican saying this about this guy. They're trying to kick him out. He is just—he's uh, a Tea Party nutcase. Yeah, but he's Yale educated. Makes a Tea Party. You know, oh, here's yeah. what we learned. Wait a second. Who else uh, went to <laughs> Yale? George Bush. Yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, it, you put Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and that yeah. stuff behind your Who name. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who? Cares. You know? Yeah. Do some people go there? Yeah. But stupid people go there too. <laughs> exactly. Idiot, idiots, not idiots you, go there too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, Trish Gobert is a very smart guy. Obviously, he's manipulated people Absolutely. very successfully by arguing. I mean, he's the guy that created the um, uh, the, sec- the secure uh, 
on uh, what was it the uh, the Muslim reporting criteria oh. nineteen uh, oh, two thousand uh, uh, CARP, CARP. Contro- controlled access review program yeah, exactly yep. uh, where it, they basically it, take your application for a benefit like citizenship and just because you're from a certain area of the world they automatically stop it subject it to further scrutiny regardless of all any other 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 factors. Yeah. And he's also the Absurd. one that, that, that started the program that required every Muslim in America to report that was an immigrant. That's uh, a great yeah, I mean, idea. I mean, could put a little like put a little like red crescent on everybody. He's the son of a Buick dealer from Topeka, <laughs> Kansas. That dude's got car sales in his blood. No wonder he could sell this stuff. Car um, salesman, I love um, it. Oh. And uh, it, it's just fascinating. Um, uh, he's going to cost the GOP, the, the Senate. Maybe the governorship and the secretary's position. Hopefully, in King. Hopefully, they got a brain to get rid of this guy. Yeah, but he is just not. Um, he'll be fine. he'll be all right though because he'll still be yeah. able to uh, litigate the uh, you know the you know what out of this issue and uh, people will still pay him to do it. Now, on a lighter note, on a lighter yes. note, yes, uh, there are a number of states uh, now pushing uh, uh, the immigration civics exam in high school. Ooh. That uh, require um, uh, high school students to take and pass the immigration civics exam. That is an awesome idea. And, well, I don't know if it's an awesome idea. Awesome topic. But we got to take a quick take break. A- we'll come back and we'll get right into that. Okay. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We're going to just take a quick test here, Rocky. Yeah, the, the, the David, the, can you can you play the test? Can you do the test with us? I, I want to test your knowledge. All right, here we go. I'm not going to embarrass you at all if you don't know the test. I mean, for, let's start here. Who was the president during the Great Depression and World War II? Well, of course, David, you voted for this guy, so. Mr. Roosevelt. Mr. Roosevelt is right. Come so on, you, David's you, not you, that old. <laughs> David David got that test. So Eleanor, uh, that is correct. I, I believe Eleanor was. She was. She's, I've, she's I've, not by an way, option. I've never not had. Option. I've never had that question asked. I haven't either. No, you know they have a hundred questions. Yes, yeah. but they tend to ask the same twenty questions I, over yeah. and over and over. Again. Exactly. Because okay. it's easier that way. Wait, what is the name of the national anthem? 
Star Spangled David, you are right. That is the Star Spangled Banner, and you are correct. Uh, They give you choices by the My Country Tis of Thee. They don't give you choices in the test. Yeah, if they gave choices. It's not a multiple choice. If they gave choices at the test, I think it would be harder for people. Yeah, I I do, because people would get confused. They would be like, what? My Country Tis. That sounds like it could be. I'm glad they don't do that. Okay. What are the two major political parties in the United States? I give you the choice. This is great. Anarcho capitalists. Reform and and Green. American and Bull Moose. Democrat, Republican, and Whigs, <laughs> and Democrat and Republican. Oh, I like the, what was I like the third the one? Moose. The Bull the Moose. Wings? I the would wings. be a member of the Bull Moose party. Bring back Teddy. Oh my God, are you a Teddy Roosevelt fan? I love Teddy oh, Roosevelt. One of Woodrow Wilson and Teddy in the top five. Oh man, Teddy is the man of worst. Now here's great. Name one state that borders Mexico. I have to give you choices here. <laughs> Florida. Alabama, Arkansas, or California? Oh, jeez. This is a tough one, right? Why, why wouldn't Texas or New Mexico or Arizona? Uh, I don't know. but you want they, to, they, they can only have one that borders it, yeah. Just one. Uh, so, and then one last question here, David. Uh, people get these wrong. No. I, but I have yet to hear one of these. No, no, I haven't heard any of these I've at the interview. I've never heard one of these yet. in an Their interview. favorites are how long do we elect senators? Uh, how, for how long do we who's elect the, senators? Who's the vice president? Who, who's, who's the, the first president? Where's the Statue of Liberty located? Those are, those are real okay, common. Here this. What's the last this, one? You're gonna, this, is, this is great for you. Who is in charge of the executive branch? <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, choices, the choices. I don't know. The, the choices Valerie, are better than the questions. I think are your name's Valerie the, the, choice, the choice here is the prime minister, <laughs> the chief justice, the speaker of the house, or the president. I'm so oh, glad they don't give choices yeah. at interview because oh. we would literally have 25 yeah, on each one. This of those. is this is absolutely stunning. Yeah. This is absolutely stunning. <laughs> David, you you got the first. You would pass. Actually, if you get one more right, because you only got to get six, six right. Six of the oh. ten right. If you, yeah, get six, right if you get the first six right, they don't even ask you anymore. Oh. All you have to get is a D to become and a U.S. It's, citizen. It's so uh, – I, I know you, you've had you've experienced this feeling, and any of the any immigration attorneys out there listening will know, know the feeling I'm talking about. When you're on question – when you're on question nine and the person's hesitating and they only have the four, four right, right, and you're like, oh, come on. Oh, you're just like – but they will keep yeah. asking questions. They, they, you know what? They to their credit, yeah. a they lot of officers sixty percent. So, some officers, though, at ten, they're done. They they're super they have nasty. 20. But they, others they given, will keep going. Every day, the officers are given a list. Here's the twenty questions for today. But it's the same. The list's yeah. been mimeographed sixty thousand times. <laughs> yeah. It's like sideways, <laughs> and you can barely read it. The sad part about that is, did you? What's the comparison of citizens being? Oh denied? well, obviously terrible. Annenberg told us that. I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. terrible. It's incredible. Uh, and what's funny is the officers have to actually write the answers in. Yes, now. they have to write what people say. Check you got it right, but yep. now they have to write the answers. So they don't trust the officers. Now, Rocky, you ran across something interesting, uh, and I saw this. I did see this when this came out uh, uh, earlier in the year, uh, late last year. But this goes. We had on our show uh, before you really got involved. Well, you, you were. I was here with the with the, uh, the, the people the, born in the United yeah, States. Yeah, natural. The the natural definition of natural born citizen. Yeah, I was here. Uh, yeah, it's one of the, the first. You know, that's died I for now. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see. I'm surprised that's not coming back. Right, but because this, this article is time to make it come back. Well, this this is from last year. I read something earlier today from probably not as mainstream a source as, as this one from uh, late last year from Time. But you know, for any of the the, the anti immigrant crowd out there, I I don't agree with them on this on this issue. But the issue of birthright citizenship is really, I think, their best legal avenue and kind of the most 
sensible way to pursue it because if you think about the long-term co- – and we know that people in politics don't ever think about long-term consequences of anything. The Chinese but, do. Well, but there are groups of people throughout the world that I think absolutely think in the long term. And I, I got go. I was you know just uh, prepping for the show this morning. Came across some stuff about birth tourism and anchor babies and stuff, and it led me to this article uh, about – Chinese women uh, of of wealth of means uh, just simply coming here uh, at the very end of their pregnancy, um, you know, maybe the last month or two before the travel restriction on on just a regular tourist visa that they secure uh, in China because there's no reason to deny them a tourist visa. They have means and every in reason to go back to to China uh, and come here, have their children, get stay just long enough to get them a birth certificate and a passport, and then go back to China. Um, now, here's another an article so, along with that. So it's like, not just happening in the U.S. No, though. no, no. It's happening. It's happening all over the place. So let me ask you this: twenty years from now, because most countries' age of majority is eighteen or twenty-one. What happens eighteen to twenty years from now, or twenty-five years from now, or maybe just ten years from now? Because who knows how long this has been going on? Like this, you could literally with a country of a billion people, you could change the political landscape overnight with people who are not loyal to your country in any way shape or form just i mean what they would, grew up getting they grew, right they they just grow up as us citizens in china or any other country we're talking about china here because they obviously have the numbers to do this they could literally just take over countries in africa by doing that if if those countries had birthright citizenship, right or, know, or 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 right, but that but the, that that's article, what points this out, and and I'm firmly on the side of birthright citizenship simply because I don't want the government involved in it any more than it already is. But this is really kind of, I guess, a negative externality that I I hadn't heretofore really had thought about as a long term consequence of this because there are countries in the world, i.e., China, yeah. that think like this. That hey, this is a form of you know long term. Warfare. Uh, you, I mean, they could literally. I mean, what would what would an influx of twenty, not, not even twenty million, just say ten million Chinese who are loyal to the loyal to their country coming in here to vote? I mean, you could literally. Course, change. That's a lot of babies. I'm not sure. There's 10 yeah, million. no, no, but no, but, but you see, but you see that. I mean, ten well, million is really not in a country of a billion people. Well, it, interesting because Canada has the same problem. There's mm-hmm. an article uh, in the Toronto Life magazine written by Jan Wong. So, obviously, she's got Chinese heritage. Canada's birthright citizenship policy makes us a nation of suckers. <laughs> I didn't know they could use that word in Canada. Continue. So nice. Pregnant women are traveling to Toronto from all over. China, Iran, India, Dubai, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Jamaica. <laughs> to have their babies on Canadian Who can blame them? We're a nation of suckers. Um, and so... It, obviously, people have come to America specifically have babies before. Right. I don't think it's a widespread issue. I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, they come. shut down. A, they shut down one of these birthing birth tourism hotels at, for code violations in California yeah. last year. I, this is the thing. It's probably not. If I had to come down on one side, it's probably not an issue. But I wouldn't put something but if past you took the this floodgates argument. Yeah. If I was on the other side, there's nothing to stop I would, it. I would be hop. I would be hopping on this like crazy. Well, there is something to stop it. They're called border patrol agents. Say, well, no, but if you come in here legally come in here legally and have oh, your child but here you, but at the, you're, you walk in the border and you're seven months pregnant yeah this is they totally separate women from, around right all the this time is totally separate from the the anchor baby thing right if if you have a uh, if if you have a duly issued visa uh, for, and you're say you're from China a duly issued visitor visa um, 
they can't turn you away only for being pregnant. Oh, well, they can. They can, but they they don't use that as a die. They say, we believe you're intending to work in the United States. They make something. Right, but if. They don't have to justify. They ER you and you're gone. Absolutely, but I don't think they're doing that with, uh, I mean, with Chinese people. But this is the thing. This is one of the negative externalities that could be associated with birthright citizenship that. I'm glad that the anti-immigrant crowd hasn't seized on this, but I think it's I, – I definitely think it's something to think about uh, because it could uh, – I mean you could definitely alter the political landscape in a country with a long-term plan to uh, to do that. And I mean who knows? I mean maybe it's uh, – you know, it, it makes me – I always tell this story about what uh, – not, not that I want to go away from birthright citizenship, but how I think that it's um, – it's not the solution, and it's sort of unfair because you've, I've had clients in the past who, uh, born here in the U.S., um, leave before they turn one with their parents because the parents, in, in one of my clients' cases, was the parents were both deported. Father was deported. Mom decided to leave and you know go raise uh, her child in Mexico. At uh, eighteen, he came back in. Never lived here. Never just came back in. New English, joined the military. Mm-hmm. Got great job in the military. Uh, married somebody who was undocumented, filing for her. And, you know, he's afforded all these, you know, all the benefits and, you know, privileges and everything of, of being a U.S. citizen versus some kid who came here, who was born in Mexico, came here at one and has lived here his entire life. He couldn't join the military doing anything. Yeah, and he's that's, more American than he, kid he grew ex- up. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's the There's problem. It's, it's under-inclusive. There. It's under-inclusive. Well, this article talks about the Canada-U.S. Childbirth Counseling Services Company based in Nanjing, China. Ooh. According to their website, the best give, gift you can give your newborn is a Canadian passport. I wouldn't disagree. The company's third $36,200 package includes airfare, assistance with visas and paperwork, coaching on how to get through the border, because you do have to do that, uh, private accommodation with Wi-Fi, uh, got to have Wi-Fi, and, quote, a special person to cook and look after your personal I needs. love it. Where can I invest? Yeah. No, I'm saying, I mean, hey, that's the market coming up with a solution because, listen, a, a, a Western passport, a Canadian or U.S. passport, a European passport for that matter, is – I mean, that's a value commodity in some mm-hmm. of these countries around the world. Uh, whether that's a valuable commodity you know, as a long-term strategic interest for the, for, the, for the governments of those countries or just for the individual. Your child has the option at 18 to go live somewhere else. You know, you know at the end of the day, you've got a situation where – our immigration laws should be looked at from top to bottom. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, but we, we don't do that. Nope. We don't have a – because vitriol has taken over the public debate. This, this along All platitudes is, everything, everything should be on the table. Yep, everything. Uh, and we might make controversial decisions, but when we bow to one side or the other, we come up with a situation where we have laws that simply don't work, that don't – they don't improve our economy. They don't improve our society. They don't make us a stronger country. And yep. at the end of the day, those are the only things, in my view, that will save us going forward. Uh, exactly. It's been a great show this week. David, thank you for having us. Congratulations on passing the U.S. citizenship test. Uh, you will be uh, receiving your certificate in the mail uh, at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> the Texas test is much harder. The I bet you it is. Everything's bigger well, in there's Texas. A, there's a shooting component as well. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week on uh, the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Take care. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.